What is going on, my friends? This is Demian, your host of That Arsenal Women Podcast. And today I want to talk about the unconditional love that we have for players, managers, and anybody that has ever had anything to do with our club. You wanted an Arsenal Women Podcast? Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women Podcast. Let's go. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We are back. Welcome, 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 wherever you're listening from. And it doesn't matter what time of the day, night, evening, early morning. It doesn't matter. I'm just so happy that you're here. I'm flattered that you would take your time out of your day to spend the next few minutes listening to whatever nonsense I have to say <laughs> about our club that we love and adore. And a lot of times we love unconditionally. And I want to get to that in a second. Before I go any farther or further, excuse me, I would like to give a shout out to everybody, again, that participated in the sort of Songs for Players series that I started last week. And if you hadn't heard it, it was all about Vicky Schnatterbeck. So I encourage you to go check it out and listen to what that episode was all about. And today is not a song for a player type of situation. But today I'm going to talk about something that was basically inspired by what happened shortly after <laughs> I published that episode. So when we think of unconditional love, you know, we think obviously of sort of the romantic idea of loving people through thick and thin, sickness and death, and this whole sort of very much a romantic thing where I love you no matter what. And I personally think that there's a limit to that love when it comes to sports, right? We have all been on the sort of male, quote-unquote, side of things where you talk about loyalty and, you know, if somebody moves to a rival club, they are, you know, a Judas or something, you know? And we felt that, like, Arsenal fans, we've had Robin Van Persie go to Man United. We've had uh, Ashley Cole go to Chelsea. And we've also have received Sol Campbell from Spurs. So these things are really, you know, really crazy to think about sometimes. And this is one of the things that I love about women's football. So if you're a women's, fo a women's football fan, this comes as no surprise. But if you happen to stumble upon this podcast and you're interested on or in women's football, this is one of the things that I encourage you to think about and know about this world and why it's such a beautiful, safe space where love and support is so encouraged without judgment and without this stigma of all this bull crap that is attached to football. And that also has something to do with like how people say and, and we think that, that we need men to help the sport grow, which is true, but we also don't need the same type of men fans or male fans and toxic fans to come to this lovely arena. We don't need those people. At least that's my personal opinion. So I did this podcast on Vicky Schnatterbeck, and we all love her so very much. And what does she do? Next day, she signs a loan deal with Spurs, no less. The difference between Men, men's football and women's football is that if that were to have happened in the main men's squad, even if it's a player that we dislike, we would have been very disappointed, we would have been very judgmental as fans, and we would have been pretty much insulting or, you know, 
a lot of banter going on and criticism and so on and so forth. But when it happens to a woman player, or if, by the way, when I if I use the wrong term or I say woman player or something like that, I encourage you to, to remember that English is not my first language. And as much as I've been speaking it for my entire life, I also make mistakes here and there. So I mean no disrespect. And when I say females, I don't mean it in a demeaning way or the sort of old, you know, like Arsenal ladies type of a situation. I just kind of want to make that clear. When a player that you respect and love, which is usually every single female player, right, in, in the women's squad, you love them, you support them, and like I've said many times, you are very much aware that they have achieved the impossible, which is to make a living playing football. I know it sounds crazy, but it wasn't always the case up until recently, fairly recently. And you can still see it in major clubs that the the women's team aren't even allowed to train on the same pitch or they don't have access to the same facilities. And this is happening in 2022. So it's not some archaic thing or we're talking about, you know, back in my day, you know, back in the 40s or whatever. No, this is happening right now. And it's pretty incredible to know that people, women, are making a living and making their dreams come true, representing clubs that they grew up idolizing or their local club and their national teams and so on and so forth. But because they have that ability, it doesn't mean that it's a guarantee. It's not 100% sure that they are going to always work, which is what they do. Football is work, is a job for a lot of them. And yeah, it's fun and all these other things. The same way for me, music, it's my job at the same time. You know, I don't necessarily view it like that all the time, but it has to be respected and, and it, you, you have to be very responsible with it and you have to be grateful for it. So if you're in a position where you aren't playing a lot and you need to get better at, at your craft, and you feel like you deserve to play more, and you, for whatever reason, you don't have the right opportunities at the club that you're in, it's very normal that a player looks out for a loan deal. The difference is that when it happens to an Arsenal player going to Spurs, for example, our nemesis and our most bitter rival, we're all happy for Vicky. We're all happy for players that go on and get more playing time. That is something that, as much as there's not a lot of agreement online, and there's a lot of sort of drama going around these days. I haven't seen a single negative comment regarding Vicky moving on to Spurs, at least on loan. Everybody wished her the best. On the Twitch stream that I did uh, a few days ago, it was just overwhelming with positivity and good wishes. And then we started talking about other players that have moved on, on loan, for example, or they have been transferred. And we still support them. To give you sort of a few examples, like I still check and see what Everton does to see what uh, Leonie Meyer has done. Every single time I know that West Ham play, I want to know if Lisa Evans is under starting is in the starting lineup. You know, every single time, you know, uh, Birmingham play, I want to know how Louise Quinn is doing or how she did. And that extends to obviously other teams across Europe. I, of course, want to know what Daniela van der Donk is doing with Lyon, right? I want to know what Jill Roard and Dominic Janssen are doing with Wolfsburg. 
I want to know what other players are doing with other teams, you know. Um, so it's just very interesting to me that we're able to, as fans, to sort of compartmentalize and just love, just pure, unconditional, untouched love for their careers, for their futures, for their presence, right? And for the path that they're blazing for others. You know, these women are trailblazers. And sometimes I feel like we take it for granted because we're like, okay, now it's super accessible and we can watch these, these games online. But even two years ago, three years ago, when I started watching women's football, it was really difficult. And now we see it all the time. So to get the opportunity to watch people that have represented the club and they succeed, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And I, it doesn't really happen in the men's game. And it's, it's shameful because it should, you know? There's so much sort of toxic masculinity tied to that world that uh, I understand why it's not the same. But, you know, imagine all the, the amount of sort of like drama or quote-unquote hatred, you know, I know it's sounding a little bit extreme, but dislike for a player. Like, what has, like, you know, X, Y, or Z player has never really done anything to me directly, You know, I was asked on a on a Arsenal podcast a, uh, a couple of years ago, which three players would I love to 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 talk to? And everybody thought that I would say, obviously, Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Henry and Robert Pires or Freddy Lindbergh, right? But I wanted to talk with Ashley Cole, Robin Van Persie, and Cesc Fabregas because I wanted to know what went through their mind to leave Arsenal, what really happened, what transpired. And I don't care about any of that with any of the, the players for the women's team. I just want them to play. I don't care if they play for Spurs. I don't care if they play for Chelsea. I don't care if they play for Man City. I don't care if they play for Man United. I just want them to play. You know, I, I, as you know, I'm a massive Dutch football fanatic. So when Shaki Hruna plays really, really well, against whichever team or she does that amazing back she has an amazing back heel assist the other day against Chelsea I'm super happy for her I'm not thinking about oh my god well what about like that fight between Patrick Vieira and and Roy Keane back in the day and Pizzagate and all this other stuff like no that goes out the window I don't care about any of that stuff and actually I'll go as far as saying that when Arsenal play Wolfsburg regardless of what happens I think a lot of Arsenal fans are going to be very happy because you're going to have at least Jill Ruhard and Dominic Janssen, people that played for our club, that represented Arsenal for years, that loved that club. They're going to progress to the next stage. So I would venture to say not only would I be happy, of course I would be bummed that Arsenal lost, but I would be happy for them as people because they deserve that. And it's such a beautiful world that we live in where these athletes these ballers these amazing human beings get to do this for a living we're really truly being uh exposed to some incredible football and we should be all very very thankful for that you know when i start thinking about the why i don't really know exactly the right reason for it but i think it's pretty clear that all these players are so accessible And they are approachable. Obviously, 
when you go to the matches in real person, in real, in real life, excuse me, or when you reach out to a lot of them on social media. And because they're accessible and because they document their lives and life has definitely changed with social media through the years, take it from a 39-year-old, uh, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very easy to believe and think that we know them right and there's there that's a double edged sword you know we think we know them as people and because they we know what music they might like or what clothes they like or what coffee they drink or what all of that stuff because they they tell you what it is so we think that we know who they are and we think that we are friends with them That's normal, I think, to, to believe that. And it happens in music and has happened in any other sports. And I'm, I believe that I could hang out with some of my favorite players and get along. I actually believe that. I might be completely wrong. But my point is that the, the sort of good part of that is that you really care about the players. And you care not because they play with your club. That ends up becoming the secondary thing. That that just doesn't happen, again, with the other side, the men's side of the game. And I just think that's really interesting and fascinating. And I, I just started to think about what other sort of arena would that ever happen in? Because it's certainly not any of the sports that I necessarily like unless a player transcends. Like, I'm a massive Tom Brady fan. You know, I grew up... I'm from Venezuela, but I grew up in Boston and I saw all the Super Bowl wins and all seven of his rings I watched in real time on TV and I watched him play a couple of times. And when he moved from the Patriots to the Bucks, I was rooting for the Bucks. I didn't not root for the Patriots, but I always also wanted it, I wanted the Bucks to do well. And when the Patriots didn't really progress in the playoffs, I'm like, oh, definitely I'm rooting for the Bucks. I don't care. I don't care about the past. I want this player to succeed. But that's like one player in a generation, you know, that doesn't necessarily, like to give you another example, like I love Edgar Davids, right? He played for Ajax. He played for Inter. He played for uh, AC Milan. He played for Juve for a long time. Actually, he didn't play for Inter. He played for Juve for a long time. And eventually he played for Barcelona. And then he went to Spurs, And a, a part of me is like, yeah, but, you know, he's a Spurs player. Like, you know, I I don't love all the Dutch players in, unconditionally. That yeah, I'm not going to root for somebody that plays for Spurs. That, I'm just not going to do it. And it's weird. It's just, it's, it's very strange. But what I realized was that in the arts, it's something that I love. I love when people change bands and they collaborate and do other things and then they come back to this band and then they go to another band and so on. So even though the parallels might not be perfect, I think, I don't know why I said the word perfect so weirdly, but even though the parallels aren't exact, there is something artistic about this sort of subjective way that I have of viewing women's football. And that's exactly why I created this podcast because I didn't want to do just a typical objective thing of, okay, this is the scoreline, who this player scored and blah, 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 blah. And this, you know, Beth got this many assists and so on and so forth. There's a million like that. 
I believe, and I might be very narcissistic about this, but I believe that there's a space for these kinds of discussions that are very important because not everybody has a cemented love for women's football and they think that they might not even understand it. And it's not even about understanding, it's about feeling. And that's what I'm trying to get to. There's so much feeling involved with these athletes and that we all love and we support. And Arsenal, as a, as a club, <laughs> are, uh, to put it mildly, a um, shell of the club we were many years ago uh, in the early 2000s and late 90s. So if there's any group of players and athletes that are truly representing the badge and truly, you know, putting the club's best foot, best feet forward, as cheesy and cliche as it sounds, is are or is Arsenal women. And we've talked about this at nauseum. You've heard me talk about this a million times. We've talked about it on Twitch, but it's just it's just the fact. You know, and I'm also really happy to and to finish on a on a on a different point. I'm really happy that things have calmed down, you know, especially now that we have the two biggest games of the season coming up. You know, whenever you're listening to this, today is Thursday, April 3rd. And actually, I made a mistake on a post today, one year ago, two years ago today, I should say. I was able to meet Daniela van der Donk, Beth Mead, and Louise Quinn before a show that I played with the Jonas Brothers at the O2 Arena in London. It was amazing. And it was just lovely to, uh, was it the O2? No, Wembley Arena. I don't remember. The point is I made a mistake. So if you're listening to this because of that post, thank you and welcome. But what I was trying to get to is this. These next two matches, one against Man United and then against Chelsea, could be the typical season-defining matches, both of them. But what I'm really happy for, of course I'm happy for the club, but I'm happy for the players that they have done, they have gotten these last couple of results that have been amazing, this comeback and, you know, the win against the London Lionesses, uh, Tobin Heath scoring, Beth scoring that absolute majestic free kick. It has everybody in a, on a positive mood. And I don't think a lot of people are nervous to play Man United right now. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're not, they don't deserve to be respected. No, I'm not implying that at the least, especially with Shaki Hruno back. But I think it's amazing that now everybody is sort of on a positive tip, which wasn't the case. And you've heard me talk about this in a previous episode before the FA Cup final or definitely after the FA Cup final or before the Barcelona game and so on and so forth. So I'm glad that this is happening. This is the boost that they need. And, you know, I would be very happy if we win one out of those two games. And if we if we get four points out of these potential six, I think that's a massive result, massive result. And the reason why the, the Man United game coming up is, is I would say, more important than the Chelsea one is because, because Chelsea play Man City that same weekend. So a lot to digest, a lot to talk about. If you're listening to this and you enjoyed your time here, please share with somebody. Share with somebody that doesn't think that they understand women's football or show somebody that you're how passionate you are about it and maybe they'll you know become 
as passionate as you. I don't know. I'm trying to help the club grow and I'm trying to help women's football grow. And more than anything, I'm trying to create a community for you to feel safe, to feel like you can open up and talk about anything and anything related to anything and everything related to Arsenal Women's uh, Women Football Club. You can find me on social media and I love the real life interaction that has become uh, my Twitch stream. So I'm not sure when I'll do it again and I probably should be more professional about it, but I am currently doing a lot of rehearsals and I cannot uh, commit so I might be around on Sunday after the match uh, or maybe a little bit later. I'm not sure. But just know that I'm always available to chat. If you want to have anything to say about this episode, please let me know. If you want to uh, have suggestions about future topics. And last but not least, a little call to action. The next player that we're going to feature on the Songs for Players or the Arsenal Women Playlist situation is none other than Manu Sinsberger. So, if there are any songs that remind you of Manu, please send them my way. Or whenever you think of Manu, what songs come to mind? Thank you all for listening. We'll chat again soon.